Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing Monday's interview with Anise Cavanaugh. We talked about her IEP method, which stands for Intentional Energetic Presence, and how you can shape the culture around you. Joining me in the studio to discuss the interview are my friends and fellow leaders, Jake Sullivan and Taylor Goff. What did you two think about Monday's interview with Anise? I really enjoyed the interview. I thought... What she said about you are the culture, I thought that was kind of a theme throughout. And I think that's just a really helpful perspective to have as a leader, thinking about just the responsibility that you have um, in any culture that you're a part of to contribute in a positive way. Yeah, and I think especially when you're starting off, it can be easy to think that's someone else's responsibility. It's whoever's at the top. They're supposed to be setting the culture. But the truth is this interview was a great reminder that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you have not only the opportunity, but in some way a responsibility to shape the culture around you. Yeah, my mom always sort of drove this idea that if we weren't happy, that it was contagious, that the rest of the family wouldn't be happy. So whenever Anise talked about that stuff, I, I sort of remembered my childhood and the lessons my mother tried to teach me. I also really dug the whole idea of presence and that almost Eastern philosophy that it had to it of being aware of your surroundings in the moment and understanding your essential self. I think it is important to be aware of yourself and the people around you. I don't know how Eastern or Western that is, but I will say that it can be easy to just go through life and not be aware of the things around you. And she talked about a few contagious culture killers, and I think we'll probably end up talking about those a little bit later. But the truth is, if you're not aware of what you're bringing to any given situation, you can end up really hurting yourself and the people around you. So you definitely do need to be aware of what you're bringing to the table and how you're influencing the people around you. So one of the topics that Anise brought up that I thought was really helpful was the idea of being attractive or inviting with your personality. And she said that the way you present yourself helps to shape the culture around you. So my question to you two is, do you feel like you are aware of the way you present yourself? Like, is that something that you think about or is that just totally out of sight, out of mind for you? I spend a lot of time thinking about it. It's very purposeful, most of the things I do, uh, to the point where sometimes I've run through different ways the conversation can go before I step up to have the conversation. It's not always for the positive reasons that she's putting out there, but it is a practice that I've learned to make more positive as I've gotten older. Why, Why do you think it's changed as you've gotten older? It probably started out as a desire to be a part of an in group, and it was very selfish reasoning. And now as I've matured and through life learned to care more about other people and express myself to help people that are not me, it's it's become a healthy way of me 
being aware of their standing in the situation as well as my own. Taylor, do you feel like you're pretty aware of the energy that you bring to a room or is that something that is not really a, a key focus? Honestly, I don't really think about it too much because I think of myself more as more reserved. And so I don't really think about myself bringing a lot of energy to a room, but listening to Anise talk made me start to kind of reflect because I know that um, when I come into a room, I am bringing some kind of energy. And I liked how she talked about how it's different for everybody. So it's not going to look the same for each person. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the, the things is that in different situations, you need to bring a different type of energy. You need to be aware of what the room needs and what the situation needs. And then the question you need to ask is, how do I need to change to bring the, the, the right energy to the room? And I really like that idea of really just taking responsibility in any given situation. That's really uh, a key essential part of being a leader is looking around a room and saying, what needs to happen and what do I need to do so that that thing can actually take place. And I, I really like that focus of personal responsibility throughout the entire interview. Yeah, it spoke a lot to a specific aspect of life as a leader, not just mm, sounds leadership familiar. as a leader. Yeah, it was like it was this custom tailored for this podcast somehow, yeah. almost like you planned it that way. I'm not that clever. <laughs> but it did make me think because there are specific areas of my life where I consider myself a leader, where I have a title and a position but there are probably a lot of other areas that I could step up and be more aware of how I am leading people, even when it's unintentional and it's not a place I expect to be a leader. Uh, so for me, that's probably a lot of family stuff. As the youngest child, I tend to, when I'm with my family, fall into a role where I'm more reserved and less of the like leader in name. But I was wondering if that resonated, if y'all had any areas where you see you could become a stronger leader, a more intentional presence. I think there are definitely times that I'm more aware of my responsibilities and the expectations that people have for me. And that that does, to some degree, change how I present myself in a room or in a situation. There are definitely times where I would rather just kind of sit back and not have to worry about being out front in front of everyone, which I think is fine even as a leader. But I think it just comes to one of the things that Anise continued to bring up, be very aware and intentional about what's happening and what needs to happen. And I don't think that I'm quite as good at that. Yeah, I think something that she said was, what's the smallest thing I can do at any given moment to make things better? And I think that was encouraging for me because where I work, I'm not really um, in a big leadership position kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. And so that was helpful for me just to think about, you know, there are small things that I can do. It doesn't have to be like this huge impact that you're making, but what's something small I can do in the moment to change uh, the culture or just change the way you see your position. Yeah. And I, this is, this is what I'll say. You, you say you're, the, you're the, the low man on the totem pole, but the fact is you're a teacher and you're on the front lines. And so you have a key leadership role and Thinking about your ability to shape a classroom, shape the teachers around you. Uh, if you are a teacher, and I know we have interviewed teachers before, if you are a teacher, you have such an opportunity to be a key leader in the lives of the people around you, including the students, but also your coworkers. So as we're talking about the importance of being aware of the energy that you're bringing to a room, 
and how maybe we're not as focused and as aware of that as we'd like to be uh, before listening to Anise and what she had to share with us on Monday. Have you ever noticed in the past, just as you're thinking back to, to past experiences, have you ever realized that you're not bringing the energy that you want to to the room? And what are some of the causes of that and maybe even some ways that you can counteract that? Because if you can realize it as you're entering into a room or a conversation or any other type of situation, if you can realize it as you're entering into it, you can kind of preempt that and, and change the course before you are affecting other people with maybe any negative energy that you're bringing to the room. I think generally it's after the fact that I'll realize it mm. and the the way to counteract it is to to just have an intentional presence uh otherwise you hit a lot of those culture killers she was talking about if you aren't intentional to avoid them it's almost it's kind of the chicken and the egg where anise talked about hitting the the lowest chords and how low level will bring other people down so you have to be intentional about avoiding those contagious culture killers of busyness gossip and indirect engagement. I guess the question I'm left with is what are the positive intentional actions we can take to not have those? What what do we replace them with? And for me specifically the busyness, because I was raised in a sort of busy is blessed mindset sure. where it's yeah. good to be busy. I expect she means something else when she says busy than what I'm thinking of. So you really when you're when you're saying busy, you're thinking like using your time constructively. Yes. Yeah. And it's a little bit harder to make the case for uh, positive aspects of gossip right. and indirect engagement as well. Because I I feel like both of those things tend to be more negative just naturally. When you're not directly engaging people, you're, you tend to be more passive or even passive aggressive, which can be dangerous. But then you look at busyness and you say, well, isn't that kind of a good thing? Because I do think that our culture does promote that, right? Yeah. So what's the opposite of busyness? Right. Just being busy for the sake of being busy would be the negative thing. But what she was talking about, being intentional about when you say yes to things and when you say no to things, I think that's important, you know, knowing what your goals are and knowing what you're working towards. And that kind of helps you to decide the things that you're going to be involved with. And I think part of it is when you are busy, you tend to be only focused on a particular thing, whatever that thing is that you're busy about. And when that's the case, you tend to be less aware of what else is happening around you. And I think that might be the business that she's talking about. So if you're busy to the detriment of being aware of what's happening around you and what needs to be taking place around you, then that's a dangerous thing. But I don't think that being productive and being efficient, I don't think that's as much what she's talking about. It's more its more when you are only thinking about yourself or your own problems and aren't able to show up and really help to create the culture like she was talking about around you in the lives of the people and the organization that you're a part of. So I guess what I'm looking at is the opposite of business isn't having nothing to do in the same way that the positive engagement wouldn't be not engaging. It would be actively engaging. The opposite of gossip maybe isn't, I mean, not gossiping is definitely a more positive thing, <laughs> but building people up with your words. Yeah. So it's, it's not just removing these actions. It's reframing them for a better purpose. Yeah. So you, you may still talk about people, but instead of uh, talking about people behind their backs, 
tell them to their face. And instead of saying bad things, say good things, right? Yes. And when it comes to uh, lack of direct engagement versus being directly engaged, sometimes you will need to have difficult conversations. Sometimes um, you will have to have those hard conversations that are uncomfortable but you're going to be having them with the people that you're having the issue with rather than other people. When it comes to busyness, I think you're right. It's not a matter of not being busy. It's more a matter of being available and aware of what else is happening and not just being so lasered in on whatever your project is that you become so focused on that that you're not able to focus in on how you can show up for the people around you. So when it comes to these three different contagious culture killers, which one of these do you think is most likely to show up in your own life? And then how can you counteract that in yourself? So of busyness, gossip, and a lack of direct engagement, which of those do you think is most likely to come up in your own actions? I think for me, lack of direct engagement, and I would like to think that I don't go and talk about people behind their backs, but I don't like confrontation, and so I'm hesitant to go directly to the person and tell them when I think there's an issue, but I think how I can counteract that is just realizing that that's going to be the best thing, and that's going to help us move forward and to grow, and it's usually not as bad as you as you think it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm good about being intentionally productive, busy, rather than unaware or like stressed out over... I'm not overly busy uh, and I'm good about intentionally not gossiping. But when it comes to indirect engagement, that's a, that's a difficult one because my go-to is if I'm not going to do that, I'm just not going to engage at all. And it's that having the direct hard conversations with people that's uncomfortable and difficult to be intentional about sometimes. I think for me, it is the busyness actually. I, I, I tend to take a lot of things on and so it can be easier for me to just zero in on those things and be focused on getting those things done and not being as aware of what else is happening around me. I, I may want to be, but then I'll, I'll, I'll say to myself, I'm going to put that off until later, until later and get on down the, the road a few weeks or a few months or a few years even. And you're still focused in on your own projects. It can be easy to not be aware of what else is happening around you. So that's probably what it is for me. When it comes to the the gossip and lack of direct engagement, I feel like I do a little bit better in those areas. I don't mind having tough conversations. I don't enjoy it. It's not something that I, I seek out, but that's not as much of an issue for me. But the busyness, I, I resonate with that a whole lot more. One of the things Anise talked about some was self-care and just taking the time to take care of yourself. And so something I was thinking about is how do you find the balance between taking care of yourself, but also still being generous with your time and putting others before yourself? I think it's a lot of it's about the purpose of self-care. Um, self-care doesn't necessarily have to be selfishness. And she spoke a lot on relationships in li life and leadership as sort of a series of relationships, maybe. So if you're, taking time for self-care so that you can be better towards other people, sort of like spending time on yourself so that you can step outside of yourself and concentrate on other people. Then it keeps you from being overly stressed and allows you to lead people better by just being a better example sometimes. Yeah. I think when you're taking care of yourself, it's easier for you to be thinking about other people as well. It's one of those things that sounds a little counterintuitive, but there's, there's a lot of truth to it. 
at the same time, and I guess probably connected to that, you when you're taking care of yourself, you're more aware of what's happening inside of you, and so you can be more aware of what you are actually bringing to the table, what you're bringing to the meeting, what you're bringing to an organization. And when you're more aware of that, you can shift that, like Anise was talking about, as needed, to where you can begin coming in and instead of being really tired or really focused on whatever's stressing you out, you can come into a situation and say, what's needed here and how can I be present? How can I be prepared to help whatever needs to happen here happen as well as it possibly can? And I actually think that's a really neat thing about taking care of yourself. When you do that, you're able to show up better for other people. Well, let's go ahead and go to our key takeaways in just a second. But before we get there, I wanted to take a second to say that we're going to be doing a little bit of restructuring for this podcast, at least in the coming weeks and and months and maybe longer than that. One of the great things about this podcast, in my opinion, is the input that comes from other leaders in discussions like this. And I've had a lot of friends who have been able to come in and provide their insight to some of the great things we've heard from the leaders that we've interviewed so far. However, the problem has been that a lot of the people that I have on who are leaders have only gotten more involved in their leadership, which is actually a really good thing for the people that they're serving and the organizations that they're leading, but it has made it harder and harder to find time to get together to record these episodes. So what we're going to begin doing is taking a step back from having the discussion episodes each week. And that doesn't mean that we're going to step back to just doing one episode per week. What we're going to start doing is two interview episodes per week. And so instead of having one interview and one discussion, we're going to have two separate interviews each week. And I think this is going to be a great way for you to hear from more leaders, but it's just going to change the dynamic of the podcast for a little bit. And we might end up going back to the discussion episodes as I'm able to find more people to volunteer or if people's schedules open up a bit more. But the truth is, since we started, people have started businesses, people have taken on more responsibilities, they've started new jobs, and it's just become more and more difficult to find time in people's schedules. So we're going to go ahead and change up the podcast a little bit, maybe revisit the discussions in the future, but at least for the next few months, we're going to be having two interviews per week. Having said that, I really appreciate everyone who has contributed so far And let's go ahead and go to our key takeaways. So, Jake, what do you have for the key takeaways for our interview with Anise this week? I think IEP hit it really like on the head when she named this thing because you have to be intentional. You have to have positive, good, positive energy and you have to be present. Yeah. And so IEP was sort of my big takeaway. But also culture is an organizational thing. No matter where you are in the organization, you are leading the culture by your actions And it's important to get to know the essential you, define your core values, know who you are, so that when you enter these situations, you can relate to people better. Yeah. Taylor? A couple of things that stood out to me were um, when she was talking about how to say no. And when you you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And so just being more thoughtful um, about your answers. Also, just the fact that whether I love or hate my culture, there's something I'm doing to contribute to Mm. that. Yeah. And I have three key takeaways, and those are, first of all, you have the influence and power to shape the culture around you. 
And that is a great reminder for anyone, no matter what their position is, no matter where they're working, you have the opportunity and the influence and the power to shape the culture around you. The second one is if people are not responding how you want or how you expect, then look at how you can change to shift that. Take the responsibility instead of pushing it on other people. And the final thing is that presence begets more presence, but busy begets busy. So be aware of what you're contributing to a culture because it will influence other people. Well, Jake Taylor, thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. It's been good. They're going to miss me. We're going to miss you. Thanks for joining the show this week. I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time... Keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist... It feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.